Hi, everyone. Welcome to Stories from the Field presented by Search King. On this podcast, we will focus on sharing stories by home service leaders and provide you with their secret to success. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Search King's Presents Stories from the Field, where we talk to home service business owners and have them share their stories of growth and success, trials and tribulations. I'm real excited about today's episode that you're going to listen into here with home service heroes, plumbing, electrical, AC shop out of Tampa with their owner, John Polizzi. I'm also going to bring in Tim Marskell. The account manager has been working with John for the last four years. Uh, Lots to learn here about a company that started as an electrical company, then added AC, then added plumbing. And to top it all off, rebranded to Home Service Heroes. John, thanks for joining us today. We want to hear all about your growth and, you know, the story of of how it got started and and how you decided to change your company. But give us a little bit of introduction to you, John. My name is John Polizzi. Uh, My company is Home Service Heroes based out of Tampa, Florida. We've been in the home service business since about 2004. Started the business in 1999 as a construction company and this did not have good luck doing that. We just weren't good at it. So we found this niche of, of service and repair with electrical and took off doing that. And over the years have added air conditioning and now plumbing. Let's start at the beginning. 2004, you start an electrical residential, I'm assuming? Yeah, just residential service and repair. And how many technicians at the time? Was it yourself? You was your brother involved as well? It was just me and my brother, and my dad was kind of with us as well, managing the office. So the three of us. How long did it take you before you hired your first employee? It was probably weeks into the process that we started taking off to the point where it was too much for just me and my brother to handle. So we recruited my brother-in-law at the time. So try to keep it in the family a little bit. Uh, That's awesome. Okay, so you're in electrical, and, and you added HVAC at what point? About 10 years in, we, we branched out into air conditioning, really kind of as a uh, need uh, directed from our customers. They were happy with the work we were doing and happy with our service. And just more than one customer asked if we could handle their air conditioning needs. So we went through the process of getting certified for that. In uh, 2014, we opened up our air conditioning branch. And I call it air conditioning because there's not a whole lot of heating that happens down here. The HVAC's not really a, a, a thing. It's it's air conditioning in, in Florida. So 2014, we opened. I think we ran our first service call in like June or July of 2014 and, and been growing ever since. And so that department now, how many how many people you have in your air conditioning department? In the air conditioning department, I have four service techs and working on building our second install crew. And are those service techs selling or what's your process there for uh, determining if an install is going to be recommended? So in our business, we have found it works best for us for that one technician to take that customer all the way through the process. So they will go do the service call. If it turns into a sale, they'll do the sales call. They'll actually go back and do the install with one of our install team members. So I like that the, the one person makes the relationship with the customer and follows that, that client all the way through the process to the end result. It works for us. And your training of them, what's your, been your strategy to take someone who typically may have been drawn to the field because they enjoy working with their hands, they want to, you know, uh, fix something, and now you're asking them for their customer communication and relationship building. What's been your approach for developing that? We hire on attitude first. If you've got a great attitude, if you're a good person, 
you know, we'll teach you how to turn the wrench. And we do that technical training. We develop one morning per week for just technical training. And the rest is in the field ride-alongs with, with the senior tech. Thursdays are our air conditioning technical training. We'll talk about the code. We'll talk about how to service a unit, how to troubleshoot, things like that. Um, issues we've had in the past week, we'll go over those items. And that's kind of like a hands-on in the warehouse with some old equipment, hands-on technical training. You talk a little bit about hiring for attitude. Mm-hmm. We do hiring campaigns for a lot of our clients as, as sort of the top of the funnel, get people aware that, that you're hiring. I know you do a lot of offline, you do radio, what, what I could tell about uh, YouTube, you're, you're on there. I've seen you on the news, which is super cool in the Tampa market. I love it. Let's just talk hiring. How do you get the word out? And then what does your journey look like through the interview process and qualifying a candidate? We get the word out through whatever we can. I'm running a radio campaign recruiting. I have um, like a talent search uh, firm that kind of does headhunting for us. We attend hiring events, trade shows, uh, but really our best lead source for finding good people has been from our people. I feel like we built a great culture here of teamwork and family that my, my team knows what kind of person we're looking for. And when we come across that person, whether they be in the trades or not, they're my team is bringing those people in. So some of our best guys have come as referrals from our other best guys. We also have a, a relationship with a local trade school. So we're getting uh, graduates right out of uh, a school um, with minimal experience. We've made connections with a couple of local high schools and getting uh, graduates right out of high school with that good attitude and willingness to learn. Two follow-ups on that. First one is, what's the incentive for your staff should they bring someone in, if you're willing to share? Sure. Uh, It really varies on the level of the person they bring in. We'll pay a a spiff to to our team member that brings somebody in, um, and they stay for 30 days. If it's like an entry-level apprentice, and and we really like them, it'll be like somewhere in the ballpark of $500. For a senior service tech that's ready to just jump in a truck and go to work, that could be close to $2,500 or $3,000. Wow. So it's, it's crazy competitive trying to find good talent. So we have to be competitive with uh, sign-on bonuses and, and recruiting bonuses and stuff like that. For sure. What is the first 90 days of an employee for you? I'm assuming that, you know, you're bringing people in, some with experience, some without. You're investing in them. Mm-hmm. Um, do you have a probationary period? Do you have a ride-along period? How does that look? Yes. Yeah, so... We do have a, a probationary ride-along period, and it does vary depending on the skill level of the person coming in. For an experienced service tech that we may have got from another company or, or has moved to the area from another state, if they're an experienced service tech, their ride-along probationary period is minimum two weeks. Usually, if, if they know how to do the work and if they know how to communicate to the customer, it just takes about two weeks to learn our process. Obviously, longer for somebody that's maybe not as experienced, and then people that have never done technical work, uh, we call them green technicians, you know, maybe just out of high school or just out of trade school. We see uh, two years right along in our technical training for our electricians, um, one year for air conditioning service techs, one year for installers. And uh, we're new into plumbing. I haven't, haven't gone that far into that yet, but that's what we're seeing as our, our ride along. We call it apprenticeship, but it's riding along with a senior technician for a year or two years to, to learn the tricks. I actually wanted to ask you about the plumbing, John. Um, the transition from electric to AC is, is fairly seamless, fa- fairly logical. 
plumbing is a different animal a little bit. Can you tell us about the challenges in terms of material training for those folks, mm -hmm. um, equipment and so on? And th this has been over the last year you've done this. So how has that gone? Sure. The, yes, you're correct. The transition from electrical to air was, was seamless for us because it was more of like a, like a troubleshooting concern for customers. You know, my air is not working. Is it an electrical problem, an air conditioning problem? We were able to just work right into that. Plumbing was a different animal in the South. I understand like in some Northern states, air conditioning, HVAC, heating, whatever, and plumbing go hand in hand with, with piping units together. But in Florida, it's, it's a separate animal. So when we took on plumbing, just again, uh, need from our customers, desire from our customers. They would like us to look at the water heater, you know, look at this, look at that. Can we, can we help with those things? Some. And so before we ever hired any plumbers, we were able to just take on water heater replacements. I have some really technically capable people that are capable of doing that. So once we got licensed, we immediately could start selling and replacing water heaters. And, you know, as everybody else I'm sure is, is encountering, we're having manpower issues, staffing up our plumbing department, which is kind of holding it back right now, but the, the operations of the plumbing department really kind of mirror the electrical department as far as go to a service call, find an issue, make a repair, you know, finish the job. Where in air conditioning, there's service call, there's a sales call, there's a replacement, there's a maintenance, there's a little more moving pieces to the air conditioning department, but the model of running a service department for plumbing and air conditioning are very, very close. And so we have a lot of, of our customers who listen in uh, for advice, and this has been great so far. What advice do you have for someone who might be considering adding a second industry to their business? I have received some great advice before we started uh, transitioning to a new department. And that was the minute you take your focus off of this department, it's going to drop back. So in knowing that, I made sure that I had a great manager set up to run the electrical department and things were going great, then I was able to turn my focus to building an air conditioning department. I didn't want to you know, focus on air conditioning and have electrical crash because it's, it's our main driver still. And same thing, once we got that up and running, I put a good manager in place of that department where I was confident that that growth was going to continue. And then I turned my focus to plumbing. So my advice would be have somebody in place that can focus on that department, manage it, grow it while you turn your focus to a new department. You can't do both. You can't, you can't grow a successful electrical and air conditioning department at the same time. One's going to suffer. That's outstanding advice. Having that key manager in place yeah. and then turning your own personal attention. Now with all three, what is your maintenance program look like or your service plan? How have you changed now that you offer all three? So our maintenance plan, we call it our safeguard savings plan. We want to protect your home and, and save you some money. We offer the, the biannual air conditioning maintenance like everybody else does. That also includes a visit from the plumbing team for a, a water heater flush and a plumbing inspection uh, once a year. And then it also includes an electrical safety visit from our electrical team once a year. And there's some parts and pieces to the electrical system that need to be exercised every now and then. Breakers need to be turned on and off and GFIs need to be reset. And uh, same, you know, very little maintenance things with electrical, but that visit just kind of gets the guys in the house once a year. And that re really helps us during the slower times, just kind of keep the board full. Now that you've got the, the plumbing on board, are you finding making that safeguard savings sale is getting easier? Yes. People are thinking, well, wait a second. I, I just need to deal with one uh, for right. all my emergency services and maintenance. Correct. Yeah. 
we started the plan with just electrical and it was very difficult to get people to buy into electrical maintenance. You know, there's not a whole lot of moving parts there. There is some maintenance that needs to happen, but generally there's nothing that moves. When we brought on air conditioning, it got a lot easier um, because that's, that's a well-known, you know, lots of moving parts in the air conditioner. And then surprisingly, like you said, when we did bring on the plumbing, added that to it, you know, people are probably more concerned about not having hot water than we would have imagined. So the, the water heater inspection, the water heater flush to our, you know, surprise was, was pretty popular. So um, we have picked up quite a few since we did that. And just to follow on about, about incorporating technology into the field, we heard from um, some of our, our customers during the, the pandemic, they'd often send one tech to a door, but they'd be communicating with head office, maybe on a tablet or something like that. So even if you've got your electrical guy there, he could relay the info back about plumbing or about other issues. Are you doing things like that to try and um, facilitate service and make it easier? We did at the peak of the pandemic, uh, you know, summer 2020 try to do some video proposals uh, where a customer would walk around their house with their phone and, and show us but we didn't really like that it, it didn't really work for us too much you know we, we find being in front of the customer building value with our presentation and in, in our clean uniform and what we have to say has been our our best approach to closing the job and down here in florida our our shutdown period our like really I don't know what the word for it is, but the peak of the pandemic was short-lived for us. A lot of our uh, residents here wanted to get back to work pretty quick. Things were still breaking. People were moving their offices from home. We got busier than we've ever been. Let me ask you this. At this point, we're, at, we're in May 2022. How many trucks do you have in each department? I have 14 electrical trucks. I have four air conditioning service and maintenance trucks one air conditioning install truck, and two plumbing trucks. Tim, I'm going to go to you for a moment. And you've been with John now for four years, you said, uh, generating leads and such. What have you seen, what strategies have you seen be successful as far as helping John when he added HVAC plumbing to help him grow? Yeah, I mean, I think the first thing is maximize all of your platforms, which John has done. So you're on ads, we'll make sure you're on local services, you're on local services. Let's make sure we add a little bit of Bing as well. And then you've got the full suite of tools to play with. John, what I love about this account, when I go and look at it, three big verticals, all three platforms, it's a nine pack of accounts basically that we're running. And John knows, cause he talks to me frequently. There may be one that's, that's been weaker, you know, in the past, the HVAC has been tough. You know, that's the, probably the highest cost per lead, but you've got all of these other tools to push. And when one is going really well, we can do that. We're doing that at this moment with the electric ads. So I'd really emphasize that. Um, and then, you know, something we talk about fairly frequently is the automated bidding uh, and incorporating that. So uh, some of the older methods of acquiring a good cost per lead, uh, we've got to continually, well, on the one hand, you don't want to fix what isn't broken. And I've said that to John before, but you also want to be open to experimenting a little bit with some of the smart automation that Google allows. Um, and I think actually your account is a really good example of doing both of those things, onboarding all your platforms and, and continuing to use Google tools to increase. So that helps us with on the Google side, but John, you're in the community and, and what else do you do offline besides what you do with Search Kings? Sure, we do a ton of stuff, but just going back to what Tim said, yeah, as we've grown, he's been doing a great job growing with us and 
you know, as we add a truck or two, or we see a little bit of a slowdown, I'll just send him an email saying, Hey man, we need more leads. Give us a boost, whatever. And he'll just do it. And, and it'll just happen. So uh, he's doing a great job for us there. Yeah. So besides paid search, uh, we're doing SEO as well. I think everybody should have that as, as kind of an offset. And then we do, I think there's six radio stations we're on here in Tampa Bay. We're on three television stations, about to add a fourth. We're on the, the home improvement websites, the Angie's List, the Home Advisor, that stuff. Where, you know, Against my will, we're on those things. We, we do some outbound mailers. We do a lot of outbound phone calls. We've got a pretty okay social media presence. And then we're involved with, I think, eight or nine different community network organizations like BNI and, and PIN and the Chamber of Commerce and uh, Rotary and things like that. We're kind of a grassroots guerrilla marketing tactic. We're just out there shaking hands and talking to people. And then also we've got what, 22 service trucks and it creates kind of a little beehive effect. A lot, we get lots of calls for people saying they've seen our truck. We take more service calls in the one mile surrounding our shop than we do you know, 10 miles out. So truck signage is a big one for us too. I've seen you on uh, several news spots as well. Your Google reviews, ultimately all of, as I see it, you know, all of the offline, all the efforts you're doing lead someone either directly look you up by name, right? And then yeah. visit your website or they just look at your Google listing mm-hmm. and they see, you know, your enormous amount of reviews. And what's been your strategy for collecting those? We're very deliberate with getting reviews. We call it a, a home run service call. There's five aspects to hitting a home run on each job. We want to get a five-star review. That's a review goal. Obviously we want to hit our revenue goal. We want that customer to use us again. Uh, and that's our repeat goal. We want to do good quality work. So it's a quality goal. And then for the text, like there's a personal goal on that job as well. You know, you have your, your personal goals that you want to reach as far as income and accomplishments. Like what do you need to do on each job to get to that? We'll put a lot of emphasis on the review goal. We want every customer to leave our situation as happy as can be happy enough to jump online and you know write a paragraph about how great of a job we did. So we train a lot on what do we need to do to make that customer that happy to leave that review. So there's a lot of training that goes into that. So we try to take a very deliberate approach about getting these great reviews. Every customer gets a little text message link when we're finished with the job to leave us a review. I think we're at about 60% uh, of our customers actually go through and put the review through. So you're currently at, at almost 1600 Google reviews. Mm-hmm. Is your technician as part of the home run service call, are they requesting that review when they finish up and they've cleaned up their job or is that happening from the CSR? Both part of our wrap up step of the service call is just to let the customer know that they are going to be getting a review link to leave us a review. And is there any reason that we would not get a five-star review? And if there's like, well, you know, I wasn't really happy with this and that we'll fix it while we're right there. Some people might be a little shy not want to say that to the tech because they might be the problem. And uh, we'll get that review later and I'll call them and see what we can do to correct it. Um, but our, our software kind of automatically sends that text message to them and it comes through a review platform. And like I said, 60% of our customers that get that link will leave us a review. And then uh, there's a smaller percentage of those people will go the, to the next step to actually put it on Google. So I'd say probably half of them make it all the way through to to Google or Facebook. I've also seen that you do some 
spin the wheels for your staff and as giveaways how do you keep things fresh with your staff to keep them motivated and does it have to do with the google reviews or is this just part of company culture so yeah our, our wheel of win you earn points by you know getting a five-star review selling a membership having perfect attendance or uh, a shout out or those number of things you can do to earn a point once you're in five points you get a star each star qualifies you for a spin and on the spin, on the wheel of win, you know, we have gift cards and some cash and some PTO days. And I'd say about once every other month, your name comes up in a, in a rotation. That's about how long it takes to earn those stars. And uh, the guys make a big deal out of it. They spin the wheel and they get their gift card and their prize. And some of the senior techs will give their spin away to an apprentice. And it's, it's a really cool culture building thing that we started doing every Wednesday right after we do like a little shout out segment. Anybody can give a shout out to anybody. And, really keeps the team happy and motivated. And I feel like if our team is happy and motivated, we have a great culture, they will go out and make our customers happy. How often are you guys, are you getting together with your whole team for these culture moments? And is it across all three departments? So Monday is all technicians, customer service training, plumbers, AC techs, electricians, we're all together doing customer service training. Tuesday is electrical technical training, and that's done by the electrical service manager. Wednesday, we do our all team meeting. Everybody's here, all the technicians, CSRs, everybody. And in that meeting, you know, we have music playing and I try to, you know, keep everybody exciting. We open with a prayer and then we go through last week's numbers to kind of celebrate wins and talk about the guys that didn't quite win. And there's a lot of clapping and high-fiving there. I try to do some kind of like motivational message for like a minute or two, like talking about home run service and stuff like that. And, and wowing the customer building raving fans. And then we get into shout outs and then any bonuses that happen that week, we hand those out and then we get to the wheel of win and then we dismiss and everybody's usually in a pretty good mood. Sometimes there's breakfast there. That's nice. And so on Wednesdays, you're focusing on the entire team. Um, yeah. These points that are accumulated towards the spin. Very mm -hmm. interesting. I haven't heard of that before. That must take some administration. Yes. And do you have your office managers managing that? And does your CS, do your CSRs also accumulate points? Two questions. I have a very valuable asset in this company and her name is Jessica. And she is the bookkeeper. She's HR. She's the office manager. She's everything in between. She keeps track of all of those things and she'll let me know who gets what bonus and she'll have them all done and prepared an envelope for me. And she'll just send me a list of who spins when and, and she keeps track of all that stuff. She keeps attendance, time cards, payroll. Fortunate to have somebody like that that kind of does all that stuff. And CSRs are eligible also for these points, I'm assuming. Yep. Everybody. I mean, I made it to where anybody could, could be a part of it. One comment and, and one question to go with it, John. Um, when you transition brands, when you add verticals, it's important that we are bidding on your brand names, including your old one, to make sure if someone searches Air and Electric, you're still appearing at the top. How did you choose Home Service Heroes as the new brand title, and how has that gone for you? Is it working, or is it creating any, wait a second, uh, when, when somebody gets to a door with a, an established customer, has there been any difficulties? So in choosing the name, we'll, we'll go there first. But we chose Electric today just because it was to the point. Uh, it identified what we did and, and kind of hit on our same day service venture. So that was great. 
And that worked okay getting into air conditioning. And then it didn't, you know, people were searching for air conditioning companies and seeing electric today. And we kind of thought that they were seeing that as a mistake. Like, oh, this electric company is showing up on the air conditioning website. I'm just going to skip them. So then we added air to that. So it was air and electric today. Just kind of be on, on, in your face that it is an air conditioning company. And then as we added plumbing, you know, it, it got a little too wordy. You know, air, electric, and plumbing today just didn't, you know, electric today plumbing just doesn't sound safe. So decided that we needed something totally new. I don't really know where I came up with this. Home Service Heroes just kind of jumped in in my head one day and uh, I designed the logo based on the old army logo because it's really designed to kind of tribute law enforcement, military, first responders, like the real heroes out there. So we do a lot of support with, with veterans and first responders and stuff. So I felt like this new brand went along with that. And in switching to the brand, we did like a big push campaign where we kind of co-branded for a while. We did a, a radio campaign and a TV campaign that was Electric Today is now your home service heroes. And even still two years in, our logo still is kind of a, a mash of the old logo and the new logo. It's, it's just, it still says Electric Today's home service heroes. For those people out there that do remember us and do care. As far as branding the new name, how do we know it's working? One instance, you know, really kind of said it for me that it does work. Um, we have a little jingle made up for it as well. And I had some contractor friends in town for a convention in January. And because they were all here, I decided I was going to make dinner reservations for like 15 of us. So I called the restaurant and they asked for my email address. And I was like, it's john at homeserviceheroes.com. And as soon as I said that, she said, oh, great. Now I'm going to be singing your jingle all day. And then she sang the jingle back to me. And I was like, okay, well, great. Branding's working. That's so funny. I mean, yeah. <laughs> that one little thing, like that just did it. made my day. That's awesome. You have a wife and you have, I believe it's five. Did you say five mm -hmm. children? Yep. You have five children. Uh, how do you, you know, a lot of our customers are uh, in your situation with, you know, young families or, mm -hmm. you know, teenagers and such. How do you balance the two so that you make sure that you're also a family man in those times where you absolutely need to be? Um, and what advice do you have for people whose kids are getting older and starting to think about heading into the business with their father and mother? Yeah. So in addition to that, I also coach the high school softball team. How do we balance that? I'll say that I have a great team of managers in place where I don't have to be here for 14 hours a day. I try to come every single morning, except for Tuesdays. I work from home on Tuesdays. It's just it's a mental health day to, you know, clarify everything. Um, but I come in in the morning, we, we kind of get things started with a, a briefing and, and go through the day and answer questions. And I, I think not to toot my own horn, but I've done a pretty good job getting my managers up to speed and running their departments where I'm really not needed here on the day-to-day -day basis. My job is to manage and inspire the growth. Their job is to manage the operation. Advice for people that are growing with kids and families, like that's that needs to be number one. Family time needs to be number one. You have to do that. You can't, you can't put all of your heart and soul into the business with, while neglecting your family. Uh, I tried that. It doesn't work, especially with five kids. Like there's a lot of attention that is needed to be given there as well as the business. So you got to find that medium. You can't neglect the family. Me and my dad and my brother started the business. So it started as a family business. We enslaved our in-laws, cousins, friends, anybody we could think of in the early days. 
uh, to be a part of the business. So naturally, when the kids got older, it was just assumed that they were going to be a part of the business. My oldest daughter was actually our bookkeeper for about a year and a half till she changed careers to become a medical assistant and just recently got married. My second daughter came in. She did like to pursue a, a career in marketing. So I have her doing some social media stuff and, you know, graphics design things, designing business cards and flyers and stuff like that. And she also works in a call center while she's going to college online. So a lot going on there. My third daughter uh, is looking to be uh, in the design world. So she may not be a part of the business, but my son is looking to get into the trades. He's very technical. I do think he'll be a part of the company and be a manager one day. And then my youngest daughter just wants to ride horses and be a princess. So I'm not sure what she wants to do yet. <laughs> that sounds um, promising too. My brother's son, my nephew, he works here as well. I mean, we, we, we were built on family values as a family company. So I welcome, you know, family into the business. Um, I think we have Janie works in the call center. Her little sister also works in the call center and then their little brother works in our warehouse. So we've got lots of family here. Really nice. Yeah. That's amazing. Where do you see the company in the next, let's say, uh, you talk about that you're responsible for, for inspiring growth. Mm -hmm. Um, which is amazing that your eyes are on that and that you're able to have your managers on operations and, and mm -hmm. quality control. Where do you see the company in three to five years? We have a very detailed growth plan um, for the next 10 years. 10 years from now, when we made this plan, I believe it will be completing 2022. I'd like to complete 2022 as a dominant player in our market as a $50 million organization. We're going to be at around 8 million this year. And on the electrical side, I think we've got some cool stuff going on. I think we're one of the, the bigger, more, more well-known names in the area. And I'd like to get to that stage with the air conditioning and plumbing where it's, you know, I need something done. Let me call the heroes, you know, something like that. There's some big players in the area and I'd like to compete uh, on a bigger scale with, with some of them. So really an all-in-one electrical, air conditioning, plumbing. Um, and then just kind of develop those three. There's niches that go along with all those like generators and drain cleaning, drain repairs and duct cleaning and stuff like that. So fully maximize the opportunity for those three verticals uh, as a dominant player. That's what I'd like us to be in the next 10 years. We have all the confidence in the world. You have uh, certainly impressed us today. And I'm sure for our listeners, you've given us and them a lot of tangible advice on you know, that quality care at the home, the home run service call. Yeah. That's a really specific way to think about you know, quality at the home. So mm -hmm. kudos to you, John. Thank you. Um, and, and thank you for joining us today. That concludes Thanks, another episode of Stories from the Field. Thanks to John for joining us today with Home Service Heroes. Thanks for listening to Stars from the Field, brought to you by Search Kings. We are here to help your home service business grow and dominate in your community. Stay tuned for more episodes as we learn what it takes to scale and succeed your business.